Okay, good evening, everybody. We're going to be continuing chapter four. Within chapter four itself, we're continuing the third category um, of re having relationships with others and how bitachon, how trusting in Hashem uh, connects. Here, excuse me, can you, can you enlarge the image? Oh, of course, of course. I'm, I'm going to jump here and I'll make a larger, yes. Thank you. Um, so we're in the middle of the third category, learning how one should should trust in Hashem while having uh, relationships with different people. And tonight we're going to talk about having relationships with your enemy. So may no one have such a story. Amen. But what happens if someone does have an enemy? He has somebody who is, and, and in our conversation here, is somebody who's out to get him. Somebody perhaps who's gotten him. So how, how does Bitochen look? What does it mean to trust in Hashem? Trust in Hashem, they've hurt me. Now what? Okay, it's not a fun topic, but we, but we got to do it. Here we go. Aval. However, with regard to matters pertaining to his enemies and those who they're jealous of you. And third of all, people who will want to do bad to you. These people are out to get you. What should you do? He should rely on the Creator, may it be exalted, for all these matters. And he should tolerate it when they embarrass him. Wow. Okay. So don't start a fight with them. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you should trust in Hashem and tolerate when they embarrass him. What is one of the classical examples of people who were out to get another and the way he responded? One of the classical examples we have is Yosef and his brothers. Yosef was a young boy. He had these dreams and his brothers were very Perhaps initially they were jealous of him and his relationship with his father, Yaakov, according to many opinions. His father gave him beautiful clothing. So there was jealousy, and they were also out to get him. And they got him. They put him in a pit. They wanted to kill him. They came up with this incredible plan, how they're going to convince their father that he died. And Yosef, the tables turn. Yosef is second in command in Egypt. And his brothers come to him. And now is his chance. He's finally able to get back at his brothers. They thought they're going to get him. But now he's oh. second in command. And he's going to teach oh. them a lesson. And he taught them a lesson. He taught them a very big lesson. What was the lesson he taught them? And what's the lesson he taught all of us? The lesson is we don't pay someone back. Not only did he not pay them back, you know, after Yaakov passed away, they came running to Yosef. They were worried he's going to hurt them again. And he said, I'm not going to hurt you. 
Hashem made this all happen. You didn't do anything. Hashem wanted me here. So if someone accomplished something to us, negative, we should tolerate it. He should not take retribution from them according to their misdeeds. Ah, tit for a tat. You got me this time, watch your back. No. Not only not, not only should you not get them back, look at this. Rather, you should pay them back with kindness. And do any good for them that he's able to do for them. Wow. Not only should you not cause them harm, you should look out for what's good for them. And he should remember that ultimately any benefit that he receives and all harm that comes to him is in the hands of the Creator. May he be exalted. Wow. So whatever happens to us, if we are, if we have bitachin, that everything is from Hashem, then even chas v'shalom, if something negative happens, we know that came from Hashem. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and do good for those people. Now, I want to clarify. This does not mean you should do good so they could continue stabbing you in the back, God forbid. That's not worth it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't allow someone to hurt you. But if you have the ability to help someone else, even if they're your enemy, you should do that. You know, I have a story tape I share that my kids listen to, and the 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 story is just incredible. There was a yid who assisted others. People would come to him and ask for advice. And one time in assisting someone else, he signed a document without knowing that connected him with a big criminal. Hmm. The police came after him, they put him in jail and he was incriminated. The, the, docu- the documents were, were clear. He had signed unknowingly that he's a part of this big, this big criminal scheme. This happened about 200 years ago. So he went to his rough, went to the rough, Rabbi Orenstein, who was the rough in that city, told the rough the story, and the rough says, according to Allah, what I, what I think, what, what I'm going to tell you, you should do, you should go bribe the local judge. You know that the courts are, are corrupt. I'm telling you that according to Halacha, in this circumstance, you should go and bribe the local judge. That the local judge should make everything come out clean, come out good. So the Yid did that. He went to the judge and the judge accepted the bribe and said everything's going to be fine. Unbeknown to the Rav, there had been another Yid who had been eavesdropping on the conversation. And he comes to the Rav, he says, Rav, listen, either you're going to give me a lot of money, or I'm going to go inform on you to the head of the town that you just told this man to give a bribe to the judge. Blackmail, 
again, the Yid said, he overheard, he said, I heard you tell this man to give a bribe. If you don't give me a lot of money, I'm going to inform on you. And the Rav thought about it. And the Rav realized he's not able to give him to the blackmail. And he says, I'm not, I'm not giving you the money. The Yid went ahead. The Yid went and informed on the Rav and Baruch Hashem that people didn't believe the informer. But when the informer went to get the Rav, Rabbi Orenstein, in trouble, he got himself, basically, because he was informing on the Rav and he was informing on this other judge that accepted the bribe, the head of the city, the mayor, didn't accept it, and they threw this Yid in jail. Okay, so let me summarize the story before I continue, because so I, I want to make sure the punchline is going to be clear. In summary, the Rav had suggested to one Yid to give a bribe to a judge to get out of an issue, which had worked, Baruch Hashem. But another Yid had tried to blackmail the Rav, had informed the head of the city, but he himself is now in jail. What did the Rav do? The Rav did what any good Rav does. He went to collect money to release that Yid who had informed on him and wanted him to sit in jail. The Rav collected money to release that informer from jail. And for the record, none of this constitutes legal advice. None of this constitutes legal advice. Well, if you were living in Russia, where there was, uh, this may constitute legal advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm not, I, uh, perhaps. In a system where the, the, where the, where the courts are totally corrupt. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Correct. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm reminded of the others are first in our vote. Um, it quotes the, it quotes the verse, um, uh, those who those who honor me, I will honor in return, and those who curse me will be cursed, but not by me. They will be cursed by Hashem. Exactly. Yes, and, and that that is a spot on. Spot on. So, what's the storytelling? Us similar to the story of Yosef. Even someone that's an enemy, so to say, we need to do what we can for them. I'm just reminded of one more story of my grandfather, Rabbi Reichik, who a yid asked him to assist him in a business deal. And my grandfather tried, but he wasn't successful in helping that yid connect. He wasn't, he wasn't successful in the connection that the Yid had asked him. And the Yid, to an extent, became an enemy of my grandfather's. And, he blamed him. and uh, when my grandfather was once by the Rebbe, the Rebbe said, what's with that other Yid? So my grandfather said, yeah, he's trying, he's upset at me. So the Rebbe said, but what's with Avas Yisrael? That's not an excuse. What's with Avas Yisrael? So my grandfather reached out to him. The man, unfortunately, had gone to the hospital, and my grandfather took pictures. They would look together, and and uh, 
later on they were actually able to make up. So what's the message here? The message here is that even someone who seemingly is trying is out to get us, we need to try and still there are no fellow yit. Ah, but what happens if now let's go through this the the options. If they will be the cause of his harm, the person actually harmed me. You should he should think good about them. And he should suspect that it is himself and his previous misdeeds towards the Almighty that are the cause of his misfortune. He should offer supplications to the Almighty and beg him to forgive him for his sins. If he does so, then his enemies will return to love him. Listen to the Pasuk. When the Lord accepts a person's ways, when you have done Teshuvah, he will cause even his enemies to make peace with him. So you think your enemy is because you have it? No, no. You don't have an enemy because you have an enemy. Something happened in your connection to Hashem. And when you're going to fix that connection to Hashem, Shleim says, even your enemies are going to make peace with you. So, so one of the principles we're establishing now is that if someone has unfortunately caused harm to you, don't look at the person as the cause of the harm. Look at yourself as the cause of the harm. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, that's the end of... And with this, we conclude the third method, the third area with which we need to have bitacha and trust in Hashem. And, we, and we're concluding in the eighth section of relationships regarding your enemies, sharing that if an enemy, even if he's successful in harming us, we should know that really we have done something to allow this. And it's not that personal. Rabbi, Rabbi, I'm really struggling with that. Well, I, I'm listening, Mark. By the um, way, Mark, I, I appreciate you talking. I, I was waiting for someone to say something. <laughs> um, thank you. I know you would have thought I was ill if I didn't talk. Um, I'm really struggling with this because you're saying that... I bring it on myself if somebody does something bad to me. We're saying that someone's deeds create his reality. And Hashem will not allow a bad thing. Let me rephrase this. What happens to you is not because of somebody else. It's because of yourself. Now, just as an example, Mark, before you continue, it could be that the bad thing is happening to you, as we've learned in a previous chapter. Maybe it's a test for you. Maybe by being, maybe by leaving it, you'll have a greater reward in the world to come. It doesn't have to be that you're a big sinner. But what it what is reality is that the other person is not the issue. It's about you. Yeah, but what happens if this person is a bad person that does these things to everybody. Are we just supposed to turn a blind eye and not try and hold them accountable? 
for their behavior. And maybe I'm going a little tangential, but if if you don't if you don't react to a person that's done bad things to you, then they just carry on doing it to everybody else. Okay, very good, very good. I think I think perhaps your understanding of what we've learned here is you should allow someone to harm you and do nothing about it. Is that perhaps how you you've understood what we've learned? That's 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 what I'm hearing is that if somebody harms me, I'm supposed to look inwards and say, hey, this was my fault. And I, I find that hard to accept. So let's go through the steps. And this is, this is fascinating. The if someone harms you for, give me an example. Let's, let's take an example. What, what happened? How, how do they harm you? Um, let's say they steal money from they what? Well, they, they don't repay. They don't repay a loan. Steal money. Okay. They don't repay a loan. So there's a process here. You could take them to Baston. You could take them to court. Um, you, you go through the, the Tyra sets out the process. As you're going through the process, what we do want you to bear in mind, and this is what we're saying, as you're going through the process, don't curse that man. Go through the process and Hashem is going to help you. And look inward as you go through the process. See if there's something that you could work on. So we're not, as we've learned in the whole Shara Bitochen, Bitochen has this dichotomy where you need to trust in Hashem and do your part. And that's exactly what we're saying here. Mm -hmm. If someone mm -hmm. harms you, don't let him do it again. Follow the process. But as, right. as you're following the process, bear in mind, that Hashem allowed this to happen. And the other person couldn't do this to you if Hashem did not actively allow this to happen. Mark, before we go back to Asher, Mark, does that perhaps clarify a little bit? Uh, it needs to sit with me for a little bit, but sure. Let's do that. Yes, Asher. Uh, yeah, so what, what I'm getting from what you're saying is it's not a it's not an either or choice um also you if if the individual is right now in a position to continue to cause you harm you must take action you are obligated to take action to prevent that and to stop him from doing harm absolutely you can do that at the same time that you're saying saying to yourself, what can I work on about myself? How did I put myself perhaps in a position where this was allowed to happen to me? And how do I carefully observe the, the, the law, the letter and the spirit of the Torah so that I don't take vengeance upon the other person? I do what is necessary to stop him from doing harm and if necessary, bring him to justice before the appropriate authorities without going over the line uh, and without letting my feelings for revenge, because that's going to bring me down. It's going to, that's going to bring me away from God. If I'm obsessed with, I'm going to get back at him. And that's a really, that's a really fine, you know, a really mode to walk, but it's, it's an, it's an important line to walk. Yes. Um, and it, it occurs to me too, that, all of this requires details matter. The particulars of the, of the situation matter. The, the facts of, of exactly, you know, who did what or who knew what or, or all the particulars 
and, and and the known facts of the situation matter so that you can do this correctly. So you have to have you have to have clear sight about what exactly is in the in the in the case that some somebody has done something against you, know exactly what it is that they did, what they you know what the proof is that the you know the person you're blaming for is really in fact guilty of you know what and what they did not do and not allow it's so easy a lot to allow in your mind to somebody did something wrong to you that you blame them for a hundred other things that they didn't do so all these all of these fine distinctions all these details are important in having clear sight so that you can proceed in the correct path and, and not go wrong to the one side or the other yeah you know and Asher, i appreciate that point um, because when, when we come to this conversation talking about, you know, using that word enemies and how to respond to them, um, there is an incredible amount of halacha. And going back to you, Mark, um, these are really complex. As an example, generally we say you need to love every Jew. There are people you're supposed to reprove. Technically, the Torah says there's people that you're supposed to hate. So, it is there is complexity to it, and and I appreciate as I was saying, there's a lot of detail in how to figure it out. Um, you know, hopefully, no one has such a story, but if I could be of help, uh, please feel free to reach out privately about it. Okay, any other questions before we move ahead? Yeah, I have a question. Yes. Uh, so, um, in, in the Torah, um, the uh, Jews have been um, dealing with the Midianites and uh, um, the Moabites, um, but the, the, yeah, a lot of the, of the the Jews were were at fault, and and Moses um, takes revenge on pretty much all the Midianites except for the young women. But so, how do you relate? that attitude to this attitude. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to, to reconcile the, the two. Ah, wow, you guys are really, really pushing the limits this week. Great question. Great question. So Dr. Malib, I'll add to the, I'll add to the question. Sorry, Moshe do you want to say something? I was say they're not Jews either, but that's no, sort of, well, that's no. true. But I wanted to, I want to add to Dr. Uh, Dr. Malib, let me perhaps say the question in, in the way the Rambam writes it. And then I'll try, if, if I can, I'll try to give his answer. Yeshua, tell me if the question is clear. Here's the question. Hashem promised Avraham that his children are going to go to exile. So Avraham, Abraham, in the, around the year 2000 of the Jewish calendar, Avraham has a covenant between the parts. And in the covenant between the parts, Hashem says, your children are going to go to exile. And after that, they're going to go, they'll go to the Holy Land to prosper. So Egypt, when they imprisoned, when they enslaved the Jewish people for 210 years, they were fulfilling a prophecy. And then all of a sudden, they get wiped out. They get drowned at sea. What did they do wrong? They were fulfilling the prophecy of Hashem. 
Yeshua, is the question clear? Yes. Dr. Malov, does that question align with your question? Um, um, so, okay, let me say Dr. Malov's question now. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Dr. It, Malov's question. I guess it just seems that the, the, the Parsha Matza didn't make the Yehudim look that kind. So, so Moshe, just let me see if I could help with the question, Moshe, and if not, okay. come back in. Okay. When the Jewish people sinned with the Midianite woman, the Midianites were punished. But if we're learning here that I, I, we have to look inside, it's about us, so why are other people being punished? Is, is that the question, Dr. Malov? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, especially when you consider that it, that it was some of the Jews who were also at fault. Right, right, uh, right. I mean, they, so, so Moses could have said, well, you know, um, um, what we did, what we did, um, brought this upon us. Right. Yes. He didn't say that. Well, he did say that, but he said also wipe out the Midianites. Yes, uh, yes. So so, it, it seems a little, yeah. granted I, they're not Jews, but it still seems to be. So Dr. Malav, let message. me let me share the answer the Rambam gives by Egypt, and I think we could apply it here. Why was Egypt punished if Hashem had promised that the Jewish people will be exiled. Because Egypt decided on their own to be that person who's going to enslave the Jewish people. Hashem didn't command the Egyptians to do it. They on their own, from the evil within them, made the choice to enslave the Jewish people. And for that choice they made, they were punished. Mm. Going back to the story of the Midianites, Dr. Malov, let's say, as we're learning here, let's say the Jewish people that sinned with the Midianites had done something wrong. But the Midianites had on their own also made a decision to try and make the Jewish people sin. And they they were punished for that. So when we're learning here that when something bad happens, we should reflect on ourselves. We never said the person didn't do something bad. They did something bad. And they themselves made the decision to do something. They themselves, this is a little complex and I'll try and explain in a moment. But they themselves made the decision to do the bad. But Hashem allowed it to happen. Okay, okay. Let, let me get a little deeper because I, I realize I'm going to share two stories. I just heard this week. I think that will help us clarify. And hopefully by nine o'clock, we'll have a little more clarity on this. Story number one. There was a study 
of, and you, you'll know this, you'll know the name of the study, slipping my mind, the name of the study, where a group of people were told that they're going to make a study. And, and the two groups were separated. When you know the name of the study, please tell me. So one, one group was told to sit in a chair and pretend they're being electrocuted. What's the name? Remind me. I see you shaking. Milgram. What was it called? I think it was Milgram. Milgram? Okay. The other group was on the other side of a glass door, and they were, they were told to kind of ask questions, and every time the person makes a mistake, they should electrocute that person. Shock, they shock them, actually. Not, not... Shock them. Yeah. And the more mistakes they make, the more they should shock them. And remember, the other person, nothing's really happening, but they're faking it. The people pressing the shock were being told by some fancy looking mm -hmm. doc doctor that they're not mm -hmm. shocking the person enough and they need to keep on shocking them. At the end, the people who were pressing the shock button pressed it so much that the other person pretended to die. Now, did the person really die? No. no. But did the person pressing the button press it in his mind enough to kill? Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's take this story. The person who pressed the button, did they kill? No. But do they need to reflect within themselves how they had the capacity to kill? For sure. For sure. Hmm. Hashem, let's just take, Hashem didn't allow them, but they, in their mind, they had allowed someone to die. Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes, that's story A. We'll get back to it. Story A. Story B. So imagine you live in Las Vegas and you go gambling. And when you, sorry, the example was not given with gambling because, and I don't even know if it would work. The example was given with cards. Okay, you're in Las Vegas and some guy's trying to do a card trick. And thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing my Schmendel. Milgram, mm -hmm. thank you. Um, just one second, I'm going to mute everybody. Feel free to unmute if you'd like to come on. So imagine you're doing these, this guy is trying to do some card tricks and every time you figure it out, you're able to figure out which card. And finally, he turns to you and says, look, you're so good at this. Let's do this for money. And you put that $100. And this time, he completely outsmarts you. So you say, hey, 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 you tricked me here. I want my money back. That's not how it goes. You went ahead. He knew what he was doing. 
you thought you knew what you were doing. But at the end of the day, you made a deal. You need to keep it. So I want to take these two examples now and try and apply them to what we're talking about here. Hashem has a master plan. The master plan is going to happen. But when something happens to you, so let's go to this example. Someone hurt you. If someone hurt you, it was we do need to acknowledge it was part of Hashem's master plan. And you need to look within why Hashem allowed that to happen to you. And you should not judge that other person. But that other person will be judged. Because he made the decision to hurt you. Remember what I just said, that example of switching all the cards? Everybody feels, or going back to that example of the person who's pressing the button, he may not actually kill, but he's he's ready to. When Hashem created the world in this way, that when we do things, we have made the decision to do that. But it's still part of Hashem's plan. So the Midianites... Dr. Malov, they made the decision on their own to try and make the Jewish people sin. Although perhaps the Jewish people had done something to allow that to happen. So the fact that the Jewish people needed to do introspection and and that the Midianites needed to be punished, they both are able to come together. That was a little bit of a pilpul, but Dr. Malik, did that perhaps bring some clarity to this conversation? Yes? Feel free to unmute. I'd love to hear it. Mark, did that did that little conversation yeah. bring any clarity? Uh, I see. Dr. Malik, go ahead. Oh, no. I, yes. I, I see where it's, yes. Thank you. Mark, any, any thoughts? Um, no, it's just a lot to think about. It is a lot to think about. Meaning we're talking about this, this idea of how, how everything is divinely orchestrated. And yet everybody's making their own decisions is, is very deep and hard to understand. I will, I will acknowledge that. Okay, any other questions before we jump ahead? If, uh... So does that mean there's no free will? Ah, exactly what we're saying. It means there is completely free will because we make all our own decisions. If the king says, I've condemned 100 people to death. I'm going to push this button and they're going to die. Hey, you, you, you want to come up here and push the button? Yeah, you, you, you can do it. Uh, I'm going to push the button anyway. I'm the king. Look. But if you want, you want to have the honor, of, if you say, yeah, 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 I want to kill us. What kind of person are you? Even though you know it's going to happen anyway, and you do, you don't have the power to prevent the king from pushing the button. If you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to be the one that I want to be the one that pushes that button. What kind of person are you? So I think that's. I was reading up just the other day. I was in the library reading a book about uh, a man who had been uh, part of the um, Cambodian communist uh, regime 
and he had been one of their top torturers and um and uh, and he he had his rationalization and that the the, the 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 man that was writing the biography had it, it this was like his specialty as a journalist he had covered all kinds of, you know the eichmann trial he'd covered all all these kinds of genocide horrible people who had done horrible things not of one of them expressed any remorse and they all said the same thing well if i didn't do it somebody else would so Ash, tell me what what was the goal of you know, are you asking a question or are you just clarifying because because you still have the choice to make your own you you still have the ability to make the choice what you do oh you're reinforcing what we're learning here exactly exactly okay. what you. you do is yeah. up to you even though you say oh some some force bigger than me made me do it no you still have the choice perhaps it's going to happen anyway and it's out of your hands but if it's going to happen anyway yes. you don't you still don't have to be a part of it thank you usher i appreciate the clarification and yeah Mo yeah <laughs> Moshe, did you want to share something no not at all okay no so, not at all okay then uh, sorry, I know it's a, it, this is a serious topic, so I'll take any more questions before we go ahead. Well, you know, I'll share with you something. So let's, um, and I'm going to bring up my whiteboard here. I'm going to stop the share for a second, and I will bring up a whiteboard. I want to show you something that I personally recently learned, and I was blown away. Okay, let me move my... Here it goes. I'm going to draw the word worry. Does anyone know how to spell worry in Hebrew? Call it out. Uh, Mendel, unmute yourself. No, I thought you were English. But, uh, well, English is also good. But Dr. Mal, if you were going to say? I think it's something like Dorigo or something like that. Uh, no. So I spelled it here in cursive. Uh-huh. Now uh -huh. I'll spell it in block. Dalid. Aleph. Gimel. Hey. Daiga. Daga means worry. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. Every letter of the, uh, the beginning of the Aleph base is here. You have Aleph. Oh, it's missing base. Gimel. Dalid. Hey. Aleph, missing the base, Gimel, Dalit, Hey. So worry is everything minus base. What's base? Bitachin, trusting in Hashem. Worry comes from missing the base, missing Bitachin. Well, to worry means that we're not truly trusting that everything. It's from Hashem. That's a little insight that I just learned this week, and I was blown away by it. Um, okay. Well, I want to let's recap, and then I want to thank everybody for joining. So, to recap, we've learned that even our an enemy, we need to acknowledge if something, the fact that they're able to hate us, the fact that they're able to do something bad to us, is only because Hashem is allowing it to happen. It's not because of them. And therefore, we should not hate them. As we discuss, this does not mean they're not going to be punished. 
for what they've done to us, it doesn't mean that they don't need to do introspection because they have made the decision on their own to hurt us. But the fact that Hashem allowed it means it's that Hashem is, is allowing this to happen.